In every story, in every great story that we watch, that we tell, that we live with our lives, that we listen to, we are all asking one question. I believe, ladies, that this question and how we answer this question in our minds a hundred thousand times a day in the smallest fine lines of our life, in the biggest grand moments of our story, I believe that the answer to this question is the difference between true freedom and a wimpy, insubstantial faith. I believe that the way that we answer this question motivates everything that we think and everything that we feel and everything that we do. I think the way that we answer this question communicates who we think we are to ourselves and to others. I think the way that we answer this question can simultaneously be our greatest desire and our greatest fear. I think that the answer to this question can satisfy us or oppress us. It can enslave us in thoughts that lead to sin or it can set us free into thoughts of obedience. I think we are asking it thousands of times a day and I believe it is the difference between the truth and a lie, conqueror or captive, life and death. And now that I have set you up, let's take a break. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I believe that this is the question you and I are created to ask. And I ask it for us now because it is the key to the undoing. That is perhaps the reason you don't even know that you are here. Because God loves to set you up to get you to ask this question again and again and again. Will you take a note? It is the question that we are created to ask, and it is this. Three words. Do I belong? Do I belong? It seems quite simple. The question that we are created for, do I belong? You can ask it also this way. Uh, am I chosen? Because the theme for this weekend and the reason that I am here and the reason that you are here is to meet with a very real God, not a God that is merely a concept that fits into our ideals and our beliefs, not a God who is simply a gathering of women that can go and get some really cool t-shirts and books. A God that surpasses who we think we are, who we think he is, who is able to radically shift our entire life into the most satisfying, rich, deep sense of belonging that sets us free to show up, that sets us free to disappoint that sets us free to fail as mothers, as sisters, as women, as daughters. That sets us free to encounter such a radical grace that makes us want to love like that. 
that makes us want to be involved in the reality of what God is doing in the kingdom. That makes us really believe that maybe we even have the power to access the innermost. To access the holy of holies. What would it radically do in your life if you really believed that you belong? Because the theme of this is more than conquerors. And here's the truth. I really just feel like a conqueror. You know, when I got this note from Janet about coming to speak, I'm honored, I'm thrilled. And then I see more than conquerors and I go, oh, no. There is nothing about me in my, in the way that I parent, in the way that I wipe, in the way that I friend, in the way that I church that feels like a conqueror, much less more than that. Like majority of that, like more in excess of, I don't feel that way at all. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, a sweet college student, because I live and, and I live uh, in, in quite the college town in Bryan College Station. Where's my Aggies? Go right ahead. Get it all out of your system, baby. Just get it all out. I just live there and I'm over it. I'm so over that. So you just get on through. No, it's, it's fun. We have... You know, 100,000 college students, like two miles from our house. So it's really fun. (laughs) The greatest part is when one of them asks you, uh, they see you, you know, for like 30 minutes at church on Sunday when you're like at your max performance. You're, You're like, you've put on makeup for the first time in five days. You're wearing deodorant, which is like a gift to humanity. You're like, yes, I did. That's me. And, and then, so they see you and they see you at church showing up and they see you with your kids and your husband and you're sitting on the pew together. And so they, they see this like greatest moment of your life, which then leads them to, to approach you after church and go, um, I just feel the Lord asking me to ask you, will you mentor me? Will you, will you like disciple me? Because I just need a woman like and in my, inside you're like, oh yes, the Lord really telling you that. Like, give me some examples exactly of what he's saying. (laughs) Okay. So the sweet little college girl, I can't even tell her. She's like a little lamb face looking in my, and she's getting married. Uh Uh-huh. She said, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Yeah. And it went about like that. Yeah, this mentor relationship lasted like five days because she came to my house to, to get some counsel and some good advice. And she shows up and, you know, I've got seven loads of laundry on the, on the couch. I got the, the sinks piling up, you know, with the dishes. I, I think she walks in and there's like, she walks through and I'm like, oh, let me get that. And it's like, husband's undies, you know, like, <laughs> exciting. <laughs> And it was great. It was like a great segue because she was like, yeah, yeah, about that. So will you just tell me everything about um, men in general? (laughs) 
so like men like you want to like marry one and li- live with them forever and you realize they're going to show up and they're just never going to leave <laughs> do you feel called to that like is the lord calling you to that yeah okay yeah okay i get it okay 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 yeah and she's like, because I see you with, with Justin and y'all just seem like the perfect couple. And like, he is just your knight in shining armor. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> He's also balding. <laughs> I also just had to big it, buy him bigger pants. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but yes, but yes, 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 yes. Go on, go on. And you have kids, you have the two babies and they just seem so well behaved. <laughs> so what's it like? What's it like being a mom? What's it like being a wife? And I'm like, listen, you know what? What God's telling me is to be like real with you. What God is telling me is just to go on and tell you the truth. And, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to pray for grace right now. And what I'm going to say is what happens to your body. Okay. After the babies and, and it is wonderful. It is wonderful. It is a gift of the Lord to have children bless their little hearts. But see, you see, you just go on out and wear your shorty shorts right now. You go on and wear your sports bra (laughs) all day long because your body's going to fall down and it is not going to get back up. That's what's going to happen. And one day you're going to look at your husband. Uh, You know, after you've been married for 15 years like me, you're going to look at your husband. You go, wait, 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 wait. You mean that my body is able to grow a baby? My body has been able to give birth to a baby. I have fed a baby with my body. What exactly (laughs) is your contribution to humanity? Because what I think just happened is that your contribution is is a couple of seconds of doing the thing that you think about 24 hours a day. (laughs) And I grew, I grew a life. And now I have to carry extra underwear in my purse for the rest of my life. Let me just give you an example of this sweet baby lamb college student's face. Are you ready? (laughs) Out. (laughs) Peace out. (laughs) Crying, running in a corner somewhere. She's still rocking in that corner somewhere, drinking chocolate milk. (laughs) Loves her heart. 
Uh, the point is, I rarely feel like a conqueror in any area of my life. And so when I come before you, there is nothing easy about that. There is nothing, there's no part of me that feels anything conquerish right now with you. Really, there are, there's so much insecurity and so much fear and so much doubt. And I'm a woman like you who wrestles with some of the deepest, darkest places of shame and fear and regret and all of those feelings. And I hear these, these churchy words and I show up to church and I try and I do. And there's so many things I don't get. And there's so many things I can be angry at God about and confused about. And there are relationships that are hurtful in my life. And there are areas where I just feel so short, so fallen short of who he wants me to be. And I ask myself, will I ever get there? Will I ever be enough? Will I ever arrive? How is it that a woman, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story tomorrow, but you will know very, very quickly that there is nothing about me that is qualified for this moment. There is nothing about my life that is deserving of opening God's word with you, sister. And getting to sit back and let him completely, completely transform us. I'm unqualified. I am unworthy. And so how do I, an an overcoming uh, people fearer, because please, heaven help us. Women are hard. Christian women are just downright scary. (laughs) And so to get up in front of you, there is fear there. There's trembling there. But as we begin to read the word of God, we get to connect and meet a a past time and space and circumstance and age and season. And we get to meet in the most vulnerable place that is the inner working of the Holy Spirit on us through the truth that is God's word. Hebrews 4.12 down to the innermost parts of us like a double edged sword he cuts. Drawing into our bone and our marrow. And that, that verse and the power of what God's word is able to do and wants to do. Because if we really think about that for a minute, then we don't show up to the Bible. Because all of that hurts. And, and there was certainly nothing that brought me home and into the meaning of Hebrews 4.12. Into the bone marrow uh, until I was diagnosed with cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and had to have a bone marrow biopsy. And you go in and there's no anesthesia and there's no pain meds and they, there's a needle this long, a hollow needle that they're sticking down into your hip bone Until they hit bone, until they get past the bone, until they can get to the marrow and they can draw out the marrow to test it for cancer. And the doctor's literally saying, just hang on to something. Just bite down on something. I'm going to bite down on your arm is what I'm about to bite down on. (laughs) And so the question for me is always the same. And it's always where I like to begin in teaching. Because what I have, what I have come to reckon and realize and recognize as women is that for so many of us, we've never asked this question and we've never dealt with it deeply. 
Like at the end of the day, when another human being rejects us, do we belong to something greater? At the end of the day, when that relationship that was supposed to show up for us, and the truth be told, if I polled the majority of this room, and you added up every human relationship you have ever experienced in your life, the majority of you would say, based on that sum, you have never experienced sincere love. The majority of you, if I were to poll this room of women and we were to look back at every single person who has impacted you and touched your life from parent to friend to teacher to spouse to children, many of you would say, I don't know. I don't know that I have ever truly tasted genuine, unconditional, all satisfying love. Now, I have gone after that in many things. I have searched for it. I have uh, um, hustled for it. I have looked for it. I have shown up to try to receive it. But I don't know that I've ever experienced it. And so for me in my own life, this is just merely a journey that the Lord has taken me on in the work he's done with me. How he set me free. How did a girl from the pit of death taste life how did a girl who wrestled with the deepest darkest fear and shame know healing and freedom and the most genuine love how did I get to the point where I could stand up here and believe believe who God says I am And believe that for you, even if you don't yet. So much so that I'm willing to get up here and risk it. I'm willing to get up here and say, you don't have to like me back. You don't have to like what I'm wearing or my tattoos or how I talk. We can disagree. We can be wrong about a lot. But I'm willing to risk all that he has done in me. So that you might see something. In yourself that says, I know that to be true of me. I want to believe it. I want to believe at the end of the day. Despite circumstance, despite people that I am in. That I am in the holy of holies. That I have a seat at the table. Finally and fully. I am in, I am chosen, I belong to something greater than the sum of me and my mistakes. I belong to something greater than this universe and what it can offer. And so tonight, all I want you to do, all I want you to do is ask yourself this question, honestly. The question you were created for, and tonight all I'm going to do is prove that you were created for it. All I'm going to do is take a theory that I have developed early on in my Christian life, that I have tested it against the scripture and believe this to be truth and believe that we can set ourselves free to ask this question that we were at, we are actually geared and wired to be asking this question of ourselves. Do I belong? And so I'm going to prove to you, I hope 
why you are created for this, that it might be the unleashing and the undoing of, of the great work that you are here for that I don't know, that maybe you don't know. I'm going to tell you something, though. You are not here by accident. I mean, I know that somebody probably promised you that they're going to take you to Olive Garden and you ended up here. (laughs) And you're like, hey, I thought we were talking about breadsticks. What are we doing? I know that some things that I'm going to talk about, they make me uncomfortable. So I'm pretty sure they're going to make you uncomfortable. And I live them and I, and I live with them daily. And, and I'm going to let you into some of the most um, vulnerable, naked, ugly, broken places in me. So that you can truly see a life that has really been restored. And then as we go through this weekend, that you look at those places of remembrance in your own life where he has continued to draw you, draw you, draw you, come after you, come after you. Even in this very moment, pursuing you and wooing you and loving you, beloved daughter, don't you see you are mine? My very own possession, my workmanship. You know that word workmanship? You know what it is in the original translation? It's poema, which is our English word poem. Don't you know that you are mine, my greatest masterpiece? And, and see, here's the thing. It's not until we know this, women, that we will really experience freedom. And my fear is what we tend to do is, is what I don't want to happen this weekend, and I know that it's not going to because I've, I've prayed with and I've met with and I've talked with this crew that is behind this and has put so much prayer and thoughtfulness into this moment because they truly want you to encounter a very real God and a very real freedom. And But what we can do where we can lose at church is we can get together as a bunch of Christians And we can say the words that sound so pretty like freedom. We all want to be free. We all want to be free. But what does that mean? What does it mean for you to be free? What does it mean for you to be healed? What is grace in your life? What does it mean for you to be gifted with the power of the Holy Spirit and have meaning and purpose in this life? And are you doing it? Are you doing that thing that you have been carefully and intentionally gifted to do? Do you believe that you actually have the power to heal? That you have the power to cast out the enemy? That you have direct access to God? And see, if you do not believe that you totally belong to him, that you are totally, completely secure in him, then you have not tasted who he really is. You have not fully believed. Now you can be a Christian all day long. You can be going to heaven all day long. And you can show up to church and the in crowd and play the part and look the part and memorize scripture and pray when you're supposed to. And you can do all of those things all day long. And you can be the most oppressed Christian on the face of the planet. You can be walking around in a Christian depression, bored, complacent. 
and God's plan for you and what he wants to do. It is so much more to taste the true freedom in this kingdom. The kingdom that is now that we get to participate in. Oh, it's so good. And if you have not answered this for yourself. And the key really is the first part is just recognizing that you're even asking the question. Right? Because you can look around at all the relationships in your life and you could write them down right now. And especially you can look at all the broken ones. And, 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 and again, you, for me, it's just in a thousand small things and, and then it's in big things. Like, and it happens all the time. So, for example, this week, um, my daughter, I get, fix her hair in the morning before school and she was in there and... Um, Emma Grace is 11, and she still likes to wear bows. And so I'm just riding this bow thing as long as I can. Because I know that's coming too, quickly coming to an end. But um, we were doing her hair, and it was before school. And we put the bow in. I put it in really high. And she was looking in the mirror, and I said, Emma Grace, I think that bow is just too high. It looks a little weird. I need to, I need to. And I said to her, 37-year-old woman, to my 11-year-old daughter, what are all the other girls wearing? How are all the other girls at school wearing their bows? Lord, thank you for my daughter. You know what she said to me? I don't know. Uh, yes. I mean, I don't even. I'm like, you don't know? She, she, I don't care. She goes, I just like bows. I like it how it is. And walked out. That's not me, y'all. That is not me. I'm the mom that's asking the question, what's everybody else doing? Let's just fit into that framework. You know, just that little bitty thing is me saying to myself and then teaching and transferring onto her that you need to compare yourself to what everybody else is doing and belong to that, the norm. On the other end of the spectrum, in a big way that this week I've been, I've been asking myself this, do I really, Casey, do you really believe this? Are you really secure in who Christ is? Do you really believe this? Is, is we are coming into a season as a family Coming out of, of a lot of hurt and a lot of pain in friendships. Some of, some people, and you know this, I know so many of you know this, there's people in your life and friends that you make in your life and you think they're going to be there forever. And then they're not. And your, your head is spinning because this has just so blindsided you. And, and part of it's your fault and part of it's their fault. And it's, there's all, it's just messy human stuff going on. Um, Anyway, we're coming out of that, and, and there's this now season for me to have the opportunity to make new church friends, new women church group, <laughs> new women Bible study. There's new names on my phone popping up with text messages, checking on me and wanting to go to coffee, to which I break out in hives. <laughs> I see this sweet girl's name and I barely, I'm like, mm -mm. Oh, I don't know. You know, you just do like a bunch of emojis, like, da -da 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 -da. just do some emojis and like funny videos. Cause I'm real good at being, I'll just put some of that stuff. Let me distract her with funny stuff. Hey, look at this. Look at this cat dancing. <laughs> Please don't ask me to go to coffee with you because if I go to coffee with you and I really tell you what I am feeling, what will you do? <laughs> Can you go ahead and tell me 
are you like a tender soul? I can tend to be abrasive and just say it how it is. So what am I working with here? Are you passive aggressive? Are you going to manipulate a little bit? Like, <laughs> are you going to say you're praying for me and then go tell your friends to pray for me? Like tell me. And so I'm asking myself as we're entering into a new church family and I have this opportunity to make these new church friends that I don't know, I'm going, Casey, what you going to do? You going to show up? And what is the question I'm asking? Are they going to receive me? Are they going to accept me for who I am? If they see the worst part of me, are they going to walk away? And the great call of our life and this place where God is pushing and pressing us in to the intimacy and the vulnerability that is the church is to say, even still, even if I risk, I risk being rejected because the place in me that belongs is not contingent upon her receiving me. The place in me that is fully secure in who I am does not need her to love me back. And I am probably like 100% going to fail her. There is most likely an expectation set for me and then me for her that I don't even know about yet that is going to be disappointed. That's what's going to happen. And will she weather the storm? That is me. Will she weather the chaos that I love to create? You know, because if we can create our chaos, some of us are professional chaos creators. We know just when to circle those winds. And it keeps the vulnerability distracted and it keeps others from looking and asking those things. And I prefer that. I prefer the chaos in my life so that I do not have to look at the honesty of who I really am. And I know how to walk into a friendship with her and sustain for a while. And when it starts to get too close, create something that will divert her attention or mine and move away. And, and this is just in this week for me where this has been tested. 